0: The Big 12 is having its media days right now. Oh, good for them. We will be in Charlotte in
1: less than two weeks to yeah. do what's uh, known as talking season. Yeah, it is definitely talking season. I, I'm i on record as saying that the 2022 college football season as a whole in the state of North Carolina was the best that we've ever seen. As a whole, was one of the best that we've ever seen. I know there's no national championship or ACC championship, but from everything that the ACC schools app ECU, NC Central, Campbell, Gardner, Webb, Davidson. A lot of these schools had fantastic seasons. This is why we we're going across the state here a little bit. That's why we're we're going all the way out to App State. Joining us down the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, David Ware, who covers App for App State Media, part of Twenty Four Seven Sports. David, I know App State last year went six and six, three and five in the Sun Belt. A down season for App State standards. What's going to change this upcoming year, you think, for App State in order for them to get back to the winning expectations that they have?
2: Well, you know, I think, the, I think one of the big things that really went on last year, yeah, it, six wins is, is not the standard. Uh, the people in the program will tell you that. The fan base will tell you that. You know, five of those six losses by a touchdown or less. And, you know, the, you, you roll the dice that many times in a one-possession game, Uh, They're going to come up snake eyes on you sometimes. And and that was exactly what happened to App State last year. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was kind of a strange, uh, strange season the way it started out. You had the barn burner with North Carolina. You go to college station, knock off number six, Texas A&M. You have Mm -hmm. to, you have college game day on campus at App State. And then you have kind of the miracle Hail Mary to beat Troy. One of Troy's uh, two losses on the season. But after that, you know, it, it felt like that one play that you you needed to make, that you had to make, that App State usually makes, just wasn't there, uh, and and it was kind of a both sides of the ball type of thing. Might have been offense, might have been defense, but. You know, it it just felt maybe a little bit out of sync all season. And, you know, the Sun Belt has gotten a lot better. Uh, You know, let's be honest with the expansion has has brought a lot more competitiveness. Um, It brings some benefits, too. But, you know, you've really got to be on your game every week. Uh, I really feel like the Sun Belt is, is in a position to move itself into being the top g5 conference mm-hmm. in in the country and you know last year I think the, the everybody in the league really kind of lived up to that uh, that opportunity
0: David thanks thanks for joining us when you look at those first three games and and the amount of emotion and energy expended uh, the Carolina game of course but then going down to Texas am the, the Hail Mary with with college game day there it, at some point did did, did the mountaineers kind of run out of gas uh, after after that start or, or what kind of explanation have you gotten from the program as to kind of what happened? This is this obviously wasn't up to App State standards.
2: Well, I don't know if the the program ran out of gas. I did. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just such an emotional up and down. And you know, uh, part of part of my role uh, with the program is I was covering uh, with the radio team the sidelines for all of the road games last year. So I was in College Station for that, and I mean, it just you know by the end of the game i you know i'm i'm laying down on the bench over there because i mean it was just you know such an emotional uh such an emotional ringer all day long and you know i did it have some effect on on the team and on the players maybe um you know i i, I think there was enough veteran leadership to kind of push you through some of those things but you know i it, it just the season literally came down to i don't know maybe 10 15 plays Here and there, big moments in games. Uh, The the defense had a hard time getting teams off the field on third down, especially third and long, which is, again, very atypical for App State. Um, But offensively, we were missing um, healthy running backs, and and, and it is a run-to-win program. And, you know, it it was just – I think it was just a confluence of a handful of different things that all came together at, you know, sometimes the right times, sometimes the wrong times. Uh, but, you know, as the season wore on, that, that inability to make the play that really mattered, uh, especially down the stretch of a tight game, just kept showing up, and, and it showed up with consequences. And, you know, I, I know a lot of uh, – there's been a lot of time spent in the offseason on understanding roles, understanding the discipline it takes, doing your job. You know, it, it, it it's cliche to say it, but it's always true. 11 players doing one job, one play at a time, that's how you win games. And, you know, I, I think App State has just been so fundamentally sound for so long. It's easy to take that for granted sometimes. And when it doesn't show up, it shows up, you know, pretty loudly. And, and I, I, I know that the program has spent a lot of time in this offseason focusing on studying your job, making sure you understand where you lined up, what is your role, what are the calls we need to make. Uh, Just I've seen it in OTAs. I've seen it in player-led practices. They are really bearing down on making sure that everyone has a crystal clear understanding of what their job is from snap to snap. David
1: Ware, App State Mania, joining us here in the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. You you mentioned about some guys you're missing parts of last season, relying heavily on the running game. I know quarterback Chase Bryce, uh, he's gone Cameron Peoples at running back also gone. Who's next up in line to, to fill these, to fill this void there at
2: app. Well, I mean, let's start at running back, you know, um, uh, kind of next up. I, first I will say this is the deepest running back room that I've seen at app since I've been covering the program. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like there are a lot of guys who are going to contribute, but the headline is the headliner is going to be Nate Noel, who's a uh, uh, is coming up on his fourth season. And, um, you know, uh, the thing is, Cam Peoples deservedly gets a lot of headlines. Nate actually led the Sunbelt Conference in rushing uh, two seasons ago. And and he got dinged up early last year, was dealing with some stuff that just kept him from being 100% throughout a lot of the year. But I, Nate has looked as good in spring ball as I've seen him look during his time at App State. So uh, I really expect to see him take that front-running position There's no question about who number one is now. Um, But I also think that there's a lot of depth behind him. And the thing I like about this group is nobody runs like anyone else. They all bring their own unique running style. So as soon as you get used to one guy and he pops out after maybe three or four carries, the next guy in is going to show you something different. He's going to bring a little something different to the backfield. And I think that's going to help. Uh, keep Nate a little fresher. He's a little bit of a smaller back, more of a, a quick cutting guy, uh, but he's also a guy, and, and he did this against North Carolina last year. He's a guy who can put a foot in the ground when he gets to that second level and take it to the house. Mm-hmm. Quarterback's an interesting conversation. You know, App State's had a lot of um, uh, a lot of consistency in that position over the last nine seasons. You've had three primary starters during that time, and that's pretty unusual in this day and age. But uh, but Chase Bryce, who, who was fantastic, just a, you know, a, a great person, great leader with the program, has left the position. And uh, I think you're going to see two guys competing for that. Uh, shirt freshman Ryan Berger, who's from Myrtle Beach, um, was a shirt last year. He, he is probably, in my opinion, right now your number one guy. I think he came out of spring number one. He really played well the last two weeks of camp. Uh, Joey Aguilar is a JUCO transfer that came in mid-semester, and and Joey really picked things up quickly. Big, impressive-looking, physical guy, uh, big arm. They're both uh, they're both learning the position, and I think that's why the running game is going to be so important, especially early on. Uh, you need to be able to ride that running game while those guys kind of find their find find their rhythm but I think it's going to be a competition that goes all the way into August camp. Again, I'll put Ryan Berger at number one right now, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think that that's a battle that's finished yet.
0: Uh, David, Brian Murphy, uh, Dennis Cox, alongside Dennis Cox talking Appalachian state football. And, and I just wanted to talk real quick about the schedule there, you know, uh, that return game at UNC on September 9th, going to be on the ACC network the same day. NC state is hosting Notre Dame going to be a big Saturday here in the Triangle for football, uh, you host uh, App State hosts East Carolina the next week, and then there's a Tuesday night special, I guess, against Coastal Carolina, a game that's up in Boone, going to be on ESPN two. Seems to me those those three games really stand out when you look at the schedule.
2: Well, you know, the, look, anytime you're going to have an, an in-state rivalry uh, opportunity, it's going to be huge, especially for for App State being able to play North Carolina. You had that incredible game last season. Uh, You know, a couple of years back, we we come over to Chapel Hill and win a game there that was very, uh, very emotional game for for the program. Uh, It's going to be huge. Um, The ECU game is huge. You know, that's a rivalry that uh, that isn't really a rivalry, if I'm being honest with you. But it probably should be. That's that's those are two programs with a lot of history, passionate fan bases. I'd love to see a lot more between us going forward. Uh, But obviously, those carry a lot of um, a lot of appeal to them. You know, you mentioned Coastal Carolina. It's it's actually um, a, a great home schedule for App State next year because not only do we have Coastal at home, but we've also got Marshall and Georgia Southern. Of course, Georgia Southern is always a rivalry uh, game that's very heated. You know, those are big games to be playing at home uh, for App State. And, I, you know, I just I feel like it's a it's a real opportunity to put our best foot forward in front of the home fans and. You know, we we sold out the tickets uh, ticket allotment again this year, so that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's a great season uh, that's that's setting up for App State. Of course, you've got to go out and execute against it. Um, you know, everybody everybody knows who we are. There's no sneaking up on anybody. And and in the Sun Belt, you know, we were the standard uh, certainly in the eastern half of that league. So everyone's got a target on our back. Uh, last year. They knocked us down a peg, and I don't think anyone in the program would deny that. Now the you know the challenge is to step back up, protect your home turf, and go back and reestablish App State as the standard setter in the Sun Belt.
1: That's David Ware, App State Mania. Give them a follow at App State Mania on Twitter. David, thanks for your time. Really do appreciate it. We look forward to this season.
2: All right, guys. Good talking to you. And again,
1: that's David Ware joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. I'm excited about the prospect, not the prospect of, but that game between App and ECU. When you think about it, it's like why, why, why don't they play more often? I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wait a second. Why don't we see this every year? <laughs> like that should be a that should be a schedule every single year, like week two, week three type deal. Yeah,
0: between these two programs, you'd think both of those schools are looking for in-state games. Yeah, and, and they're you know comparable programs i would say absolutely. That, that would be a really good game i know app state likes to play wake forest they like to play uh, carolina they like to play state they like to get their shots at, at the acc schools absolutely but i i can't imagine why you wouldn't want to host east carolina or play that game in greenville you know back and forth I, checking out that schedule to have a tuesday night game in boone yeah. uh on espn2 that's going to be a wild
1: scene that's I, I was at the Thursday game last year when they played, I think it was Thursday or Wednesday, when they played uh, against Georgia State. It was in October. It was cold out there. Um, I was like, yeah, it's, it's different out there in Boone uh, in mid-October. But it was an awesome atmosphere, night game, under the lights out there. The town of Boone was just going nuts. It was a rivalry game as well against Georgia State. Um, and I remember that game, the second half, just... They decided like you know what we're just gonna straight just run the football and they had a couple guys go over a hundred yards in that game cam peoples being one of them he had a couple touchdowns in that game uh, who's now Carolina Panther by the way but nonetheless it's an, it's an amazing atmosphere, but things just kind of teetered off as the season uh, went along but yeah app state ECU we should be playing each other every year like that needs to happen well the the, the more the more times that we have the in-state schools playing each other the more often i think it's better for the programs here in the state
0: well that my, my opinion
1: app state at unc
0: on, on september 9th september 9th is going to be a great day in the triangle for for college football notre dame at nc state appalachia state at unc two two totally different kinds of games yeah but you know last year 63 61 unc that game was uh you know a slugfest in the fourth quarter uh App State came from way back to, to tie that game and, and eventually Carolina won it. Um I'm I am expecting a very good I think that will be a fun game. And then that that Notre Dame NC State game at noon on the on the same day, gonna be fantastic. We'll see how many people do the double.
1: Oh, I'm gonna try and do the
0: double that noon day. Noon
1: in Raleigh, five fifteen in Chapel Hill. I'm gonna try and do a double that day. That's my goal. Go out to go out to Carter Finley, then head out to Keenan. You can make afternoon. it. You should, should oh, yeah, I have no problem. Absolutely. That's that's my goal that day. That's going to be a fun one. So Dave Dorn has 72 wins as head coach at NC State. The record's 77. So six wins. A will put him in a bowl game, but B <laughs> is going to put Dave, Dave Dorn with the most wins in NC State football history as a head coach. Now the question for you, Brian Murphy, is what game does that happen? Well, is it uh, is the Marshall game? That's week six on their schedule. They start off Connecticut, Notre Dame, VMI, Virginia, Louisville, Marshalls game six, Duke game seven, Clemson game eight, game nine, Miami. Do they get it done before then? Or is it Wake Forest game 10? The, the over-under
0: for wins for NC State this year is six and a half. Okay. So Vegas not high on on the Wolfpack this year so
1: that's understandable at
0: six and a half wins then i think you're looking at the virginia tech game which is the next 11 next to last game of the season they of course end their season uh against north carolina on the on the saturday after thanksgiving um you know it's tough it's this is coming up because we're about to go to the acc football kickoff Mm -hmm. and we'll be filling out you know, projected order of finish and things like that. I think, especially now that we had, no longer have divisions in the ACC, predicting who's going to win these games I, is is tougher than ever in a lot of ways.
1: I think there's a lot of uncertainty, obviously, around NCC because new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, but a lot of people don't realize or maybe not remember, is that Brennan Armstrong, that transfer quarterback in, had his best seasons at Virginia with Joe and I when he was the offensive coordinator at UVA. So, okay, you take that into consideration, but you look at also the, all the losses on defense that this team has. They've, they had, what, 30 seniors walk out last year on senior yeah, day? Yeah, senior day took forever
0: and because there were so many guys were coming out of that tunnel.
1: Tons. But that defense was loaded with a lot of seniors last season. Now, some guys like Peyton Wilson have returned. I do, I do hope that he stays healthy uh, because he's probably their best returning defensive player. But nonetheless, Drake Thomas gone to the NFL, Isaiah Moore, gone to the NFL. Uh, Now, they're undrafted guys, but they're on NFL camps nonetheless. So there's a lot of turnover on defense. That defense last year was the strength of their team, especially with all the quarterback injuries that they had to suffer through. And they they were just – their offensive system last year was very much – Pound the rock. Uh not let Devin Leary really open up in the two minute uh with a two minute style offense like that he excelled in before his injury, but nonetheless it's a different different topic. But I could see why the projection is six and a half, seven wins.
0: Yeah, in I, that range. I have a lot of questions about NC State, right? First okay. of all, the the kicking game was huge part of last year and with Chris, Chris.
1: Dunn. Chris Dunn
0: is no longer there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff matters. Just ask UNC. Right. So my
0: my question, you know, you've got Robert and I as the offense coordinator, you've got Brendan Armstrong at quarterback. Dave Doran is, you know, at least in his history, has not been a coach that wants to play a wide-open style of offense. Mm-hmm. He likes to win with defense and, and kicking. Is bringing in Robert and I a, an admission or, or a, a change in philosophy that says, look, college football today, we got to put points on the board to win games, can't rely on our defense, can't necessarily rely on our kicking game. Mm-hmm. But then I look at the offense and say, okay, you got Armstrong, you have a new offense coordinator, do you have enough playmakers? I mean – At wide receiver, at running back, at tight end. Yeah. Do we have – you know, it's one thing to have a quarterback. you got to surround them with some players. Do they have enough game-breaking, play-making type players at wide receiver and and running back? And then the last thing to to answer the question of, like, when does NC State get to six wins and Dave Doran get the record, like, how good is Virginia going to be? How good is Louisville going to be? Great question. You know, how good is Duke going to be? I have a lot of questions about the other teams on their schedule – Teams that in the past have been a little bit down, or in Duke's case, had a really good year last year,
1: can they sustain that? I just think the league is has a lot of question marks. They're I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. So yeah, big questions are okay. What about what about Duke? I think Duke because they're returning a lot. I know Riley Leonard's coming back at quarterback, but they're returning a lot of guys. But I don't think because of the strength of their schedule, how tough their schedule is, they might not have nine wins. They might be just as good as a team, but the record might not reflect it because, again, the toughness of their schedule. I think they're more of a seven-to-eight-win team. Uh, but if Mike Elko has nine, ten, win, ten wins, props to him for that. He but, probably won't be in Durham very much longer if he gets to no, nine to ten wins again. That is a, that's a different conversation for sure. <laughs> uh, but what about Louisville? For some reason, they their quarterback, Malik Cunningham's gone. He's in the NFL now. He's with the New England Patriots, part of their their uh their off roster. Okay, so why is Louisville have the same betting odds to win the ACC, third best betting odds along with North Carolina? Like something doesn't add up here. Like what what am I what do I don't know about Louisville all of a sudden? That wait, wait a second. Why is Louisville all of a sudden this really good team? Yeah, they're over/under in Vegas
0: is eight and a half wins. Yeah, so they're projected to be you know two wins better than NC State. So when you're trying to count victories for NC State, mm-hmm. certainly Vegas at this moment doesn't doesn't give them that win over Louisville. I don't know. You know Brian Braum is the head coach now. Yeah. Um. Or Jeff Brom. Excuse Jeff me. Braum, yep. Can't can't keep the Brom straight. No. Um. You know maybe there'll be a new coach bump from them. I mean I know they did a lot of work in the transfer portal. Uh. It, it is just. You know, until you see it, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, Louisville's back. Uh, they've got a transfer from Cal. Mm-hmm. They've got a transfer from Purdue at quarterback. I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I'm, that has surprised me. Seeing how high Vegas is on them with the odds, with the over under, I'm going to have to do, go do some research before I fill out that you know preseason poll because I I don't get where the where the Louisville love is coming from. Um, but but certainly the guys in in those big shiny hotels in Vegas know a lot more than I do.
1: I don't know something. Something has to be really special about this team that that in order for them to have the same again the same betting odds. So right now the betting favorite to win the ACC according to DraftKings, Clemson at plus one forty five. Right behind it's Florida State at plus one fifty. I know Clemson had a down year. DJ Uyunglele transferred out. Uh, I can't remember the Kade K- Klubnick. Kate Klubnick, yes. Uh, like this, who is he? Like right, we don't really actually know other than what we think, what we project him to be. Um, but then right after that, it's UNC at plus a thousand, Louisville at plus one thousand, and then it's Pitt at plus two thousand. I I don't know if if I had to pick between Louisville or UNC, I'm probably gonna lean towards North Carolina if I'm gonna for one that has a better chance to win the ACC in my opinion because. At least I know they have an established coach, and Mac Brown, someone who's been around for a long time and has had success and who has won games. And also, I'll take the guy with the better, the team with the better quarterback as well, Drake May. I'll take that, right over Louisville. What they have off? I mean, I look
0: at Pitt. I, you know, Pitt always has a great defensive line, always has a good running back, uh, has a Phil Jerkovich, the former boy, Boston College quarterback, is the yeah. transfer there. Uh, they always seem to have an identity. Uh, you know, when I'm looking at this NC State schedule. Like, I know Notre Dame's not in the ACC. They're only sort of in the ACC. Mm-hmm. That game on September 9th, like, what kind of Notre Dame team are you getting? Yeah. Sam Hartman's now the quarterback there. Uh, you know, Brian Kelly had a ton of success. Marcus Freeman has not had as – he's had a rude introduction. They lost to Marshall last year. Yeah. They've gotten beaten badly in some games. Is Notre – like, you know, I think your natural interest would be, oh, Notre Dame, that's a loss for NC State. I'm not so sure. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> right. Like, I don't, like, you, I would say Louisville, that's a win, but now I'm questioning that. Uh, Notre Dame, I'd say that's a loss, but now I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure that they're that good. So I think there, there's a high degree of variance when it comes to Carolina, when it comes to state, even when it comes to Duke this year. Mm-hmm. I think, I think there is a huge variance between, you know, would it surprise me if any of those teams won 10 games? No. No. Would it surprise me if any of those teams won four games? Eh, maybe not. You know, maybe Carolina a little bit with, with Drake May, but I, there's a world in which Carolina, you know, Drake May's great, but the defense isn't as good, and 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 the skill position players don't replace Josh Downs and some of the guys they they lost, and, and you know, it, it, it doesn't click. And so May is pretty good, but they only win five games or they only win four games. I think there is a huge variance with all the triangle teams this year.